How's it going, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome back to the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell. This is episode 205 of the podcast, and this podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about the latest in the sports world before giving you some plays on the betting front. Now, as always, before we get into today's episode, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Before we get started with today's episode, are you looking to make some wagers? Then head over to Bet99.com. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free, with a number of well-known methods available to use, so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at sign up. And please gamble responsibly. You must be 19 plus years of age to do so. And if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, we have a bunch to get to today, including talking about the EPL games, but we got to address something first and... That's something is that we are ice cold on the betting front, especially on the soccer front. Now, Brentford and Fulham, they saved us a bit this weekend with that over two and a half. That was our lone winner. But that being said, Sheffield dropped all three points, deserved a lot more from that game, but they come away with nothing. Liverpool pushed on their minus two. Newcastle lost outright and Leeds didn't win in the championship at home either. So we need to get right quickly. And on the golf front, it's a little less bad, but it's still not great. Patrick Cantley's just going to miss out on the top 10 by a shot or two. Brian Harmon hopefully cashes here unless he melts down on the back nine. And then Tony Finau just had a terrible tournament overall. So we need to get right quickly. And that's what we're looking to do here today. Now, before we fully dive in, we got to talk about our summertime winners and losers. We're going to be doing this all throughout the month of August. And so today's summertime winner has to be Spain's women's national team. Now, congratulations to them on officially winning the Women's World Cup. They knocked off Sweden in the final, and this is the first World Cup title that the Spanish women have taken home. Gold. Now, truth be told, we didn't watch a lot of the Women's World Cup, especially once Canada was eliminated. Shortly thereafter, the United States were sent home early. But this century has been great for Spanish soccer. You had the men that won their first World Cup in 2010, and now the women this year. With the Americans getting home sent early, especially a lot of countries' chances improved greatly. And so Spain comes away with the title. And shout out to the Spanish women's national team for doing so. So our summertime loser has to be Chelsea Football Club. The L is capitalized for a reason because they've been taking a ton of L's dating back to last season. And it's not due to lack of trying. They've spent a ton of money, over a billion dollars in the last number of transfer windows, they had an opening match draw against Liverpool, probably deserved a little bit more, but then you go in and lose 3-1 to one to West Ham when you also had an extra man for the remaining 20 minutes of that game. They're just out to a horrendous start, which is alarming once again. They have a new manager, but they're getting similar results the first couple weeks into the season. 
So shout out to Chelsea Football Club. They deserve one of our summertime losers. All right, now that we have talked about some of the winners and losers, let's recap match day two of the EPL season, minus that Palace and Arsenal game that goes today. Now, Nottingham, they stole all three points, as we alluded to earlier, from Sheffield United. Unfortunately, the promotion side, they were unable to take their chances. They dominated for long stretches of that game. And then they give up a late winner, albeit a great winner, to Nottingham. And so Nottingham takes all three points at home, a valuable three points in a matchup like that, probably one that you have to win at home. Now, Wolves and Bournemouth, they they suffered some pretty bad defeats this weekend. Wolves got blown out by Brighton. If you looked at the expected goals, it was actually a pretty even match. Just Brighton took way more of their chances, so they win 4-1. to one. And in Bournemouth, they really should have got more out of that game. They lose 3-1 to one to Liverpool, despite having an extra man for the remaining 40 minutes of that game. They even conceded over that stretch, which is worrisome. And Bournemouth showing early on in the season that they are one of the bottom clubs like I thought they would be in our season prediction. Now, Tottenham, they took all three at home versus Manchester United. United just didn't take their chances in the first half. Could have had a penalty in that first half. And Bruno, he whiffed on a, a wide open header that was onside. And then Tottenham took their chances, scored a great goal and then an own goal to win 2-0. Valuable three points for Tottenham who, with the new manager and no Harry Kane, looked very solid. Brentford, they won 3-0 against Fulham. Big result for them. Fulham, they got a red card in this game. And Brentford, this is a dream start for them. You get three points in this game. You took a point off Tottenham without Ivan Tony. Just a great spot for them moving forward. And then Villa absolutely drubbed Everton 4-0 this morning. Everton teetering on being my loser of the week. But when you've been a loser for many years... It's tough to want to kick them while they're down. Villa absolutely dominate this game and bounce back after that horrendous first match against Newcastle. But let's move ahead. Let's look at some Serie A action as well as the final game of EPL match day two. You've got Torino and Cagliari. Uh, Torino, you've got to love them at home. They finished 10th in the standings last year, and they're taking on a newly promoted side. And Antonio Sanabria was Torino's leading goal scorer a year ago. He is still there. They brought in Vlasic from West Ham as well as Illich from Verona. I think this is a very solid team, one that could break into that top eight potentially this year. And they're taking on Cagliari, and they've got the departure of Bellanova was big, and it also hurts because he went to Torino as well. So it's going to be a quick turnaround for him uh, entering the new league. Now, Italian football, it is much more defensive, less blowouts. So multi-goal spreads are not really a spot that we want to go but there is a bet in this match preview of what's to come ahead. Then you've got Bologna. They're taking on AC Milan. And Milan, they've got Leno. And then you've got Bologna taking on AC Milan. And they've got Giroud and Leo. They had great seasons last year. They're two leading scores for AC. And then Bologna, they kept Ricardo Orsolini as well as Marco Arnatovic. And so Milan, adding Pulisic is huge for them. Loftus-Cheek as well coming over for Chelsea. There's, that's going to replace Tonali, who ended up leaving for Newcastle in the offseason. This is a tough spot to want to bet, though, because when you're looking at the lines, AC slight road favorites here. This is a tough spot to want to bet, though. You've got Milan minus 105, but they didn't score a ton of goals last year. They were fourth in the standings to Bologna's ninth. So while I do like Milan, I don't know if opening match with a road victory is the route to go. So this is going to be one that we stay away from. 
And then on the EPL side, you've got Crystal Palace plus 450 taking on Arsenal at minus 163. Palace took all three off Sheffield in their opener. Arsenal took all three off Nottingham in their opener. And both were single goal games, but Arsenal obviously going to be the heavy favorite here, second in the standings last season. But I do think that there is potential to bet Palace in this matchup. So we broke down the matchups that are coming up on Monday. Now it's time for our last call pick segment sponsored by Last Mountain Distillery to give you our betting plays for the day. And before we do, let's play the video. Last Mountain Distillery is family-owned and operated, located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro-distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Be sure to check out some of their great products. In fact, my wife and I were watching a movie last night. We had some local vodka, threw some Cran and some Sprite in there. It was a great cocktail as well as their old-fashioned, their dill pickle, vodka, and much, much more. Go check out Last Mountain Distillery. Really appreciate them supporting the show. So with that, let's give you our two betting picks for today and then head on out. We're going to start with Crystal Palace plus one versus Arsenal at minus 125 for a full unit. Now, playing a home spot here with a pretty significant dog, but one that won the opening week, I just need a result here. And just in case they lose, I spot myself a goal here by getting plus one. Double chances plus 116 if you really like Palace to pick up points here. But I'm going to stick with that safety blanket given our recent poor form of betting. And so plus one at minus 125. Then we're also going to give you Torino Moneyline versus Cagliari at minus 138 for a full unit. I just don't like a promotion side on the road against a fairly established and improved Torino side to get points. Torino did have some issues scoring goals last year but I think they will be in a fine spot here. So give me the money line. But really appreciate everyone that listened today. Go follow us on social media as we post our picks there daily. Go check out our sponsors and let's have a profitable week. But with that, let's send it over for part two of our episode with Mo Murphy as we preview the AFC North. Welcome back to the Competitive Hedge Podcast. This is part two of episode 205. Second day that we're looking at NFL divisions, and we started last time talking about the AFC East with one VP at the Off the Ball Network, and now we're going to be chatting with the other one on the AFC North. Couldn't think of a better guy to break it down than me than Vice President at the Off the Ball Network, resident NFL fan. He cheers for a different team in Ohio that's going to go 9-3 and three this year. That is Mo Murphy. How are we doing today, buddy? Bro, don't hurt my soul before we do the show, like... Uh, that's so that's so realistic, but I'm good. You know, I'm here. I'm living um, and I'm back on the show with Kenneth. It's always a great, you know, when I get to get on competitive heads, it's been, you know, kind of a wild summer. So not a lot coming from up in flames, which y'all have let me hear plenty about. But everything's getting kicked back up. Football season is here. So shows galore for the next few months. For sure. NFL is right around the corner. Really looking forward to it. And so. As I said, we're going to be chatting AFC North today, and let's recap how it went last year. So division-wise, you had the Bengals. They won this division 12-4. and Obviously, they didn't complete a game due to the, the Bills game situation. Then you had Baltimore 10-7. and The Pittsburgh Steelers went above 500 once again at 9-8, and probably the least talked about team in the NFL last year that went above 500. 
and then Cleveland went seven and ten. And then when these teams got to the playoffs, you had the Bengals and Baltimore square off with the Bengals advancing. Then they beat Buffalo and came up short against Kansas City, unable to make it back to the Super Bowl once again. So Mo. Give me your thoughts on the North last year. What what was your overall thoughts of this division? Obviously, Cleveland struggled with the Deshaun situation. Pittsburgh, maybe they found their quarterback, and, and then you had the two teams at the top. So what did you think of the North? I think it was a damn good division. We knew Cleveland would struggle with Deshaun Watson. What, he missed 10 games? Yeah, he missed a lot. 12, 11, he missed a lot. Uh, he played, what, the last – yeah, he missed like 10, 11 games, missed, played the last six. Um, he started coming into his own his last two to three games, um, exiting the season. Pittsburgh, once again, didn't fail the world as far as going over 500. Mike Tomlin keeps his streak alive. Cincinnati, you know, if it wasn't for Kansas City, would have probably went to the Super Bowl again, been the best team in the AFC. And then Baltimore, they still made the playoffs, dealing with their struggles, Lamar Jackson. I think this was a good division. I expect it to be a great division again. I expect it to be a great division this year. I don't really think there's a lot of questions about either of these four teams. I mean, I guess the biggest question would be in Pittsburgh, but, you know, with the quarterback situation going into the second year, sophomore slump, all that's pretty much a thing historically. But they got Mike Tomlin, and until he goes under 500, I won't doubt that he goes above 500 at least again this year. I mean, the fact that they started Trubisky for as many weeks and then still ended up going above 500 is just a testament to how good Tomlin is. I think that this is a top three division in football. If you're talking top to bottom, there's really no easy game in this division. You look at the NFC East, you've got Washington's a bit of a gimme game. We talked to AFC East, that kind of felt like what New England could be this year as well. I don't see that game in this division. I think that if you go 500 in this division you're relatively happy if you're the Bengals you probably want to go four and two but I just think top to bottom really good division Bengals as you said running into Kansas City a team that weirdly it myself included people kind of wrote off Kansas City at the start of last year and then of course they got that bad man in Mahomes who goes on and wins the Super Bowl so let's talk about the team everybody wrote them off I just why did everybody do that? Like, that's I will always have confidence as long as Andy Reid is the head coach and Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. I always believe in Kansas City. I think we really, and, and it's crazy to say because he had a really good year in Miami, but we really overvalued Tyreek's role in that offense. And we didn't consider the fact that Mahomes is just still, he's a technician in finding so many guys. They went and added Tony and, and a variety of others. And we'll break down Kansas City on another episode. But let's yeah. talk about the Bengals. Team that went 12 and 4. They're plus 150 to win the division. They're plus 520 to win the AFC this year. Now, they did go out. They made a couple moves in the offseason. Getting Orlando Brown on the O line is a big pickup for them. It's been one of the biggest issues that they've had is keeping Joe Burrow upright. Burrow's a little bit banged up after some uh, issues in preseason. You got Irv Smith at tight end. They bring in another weapon for him. Um, what do you think of Cincy? Do you think that they are the clear-cut number two team in the conference? Obviously, we're going to put Kansas City at one. We're not going to disrespect them this year, previewing the NFL season. But are they clear-cut number two? Did they do enough for you to stay there? What are your thoughts? I Okay, so here's where I am with Cincinnati. I think they are the second-best team in the AFC. But I think they're in one of the toughest divisions in the NFL. And I'm not 100% sure that they're clear cut. 
I think Buffalo's right there on their tail. I, I got Cincinnati ahead of Buffalo by a hair. I think they are a little bit better. And I will say this. I think, you know, prayers to DeMar Hamlin. I'm glad he's good, but I'm going to be honest. That injury saved Buffalo from a butt whooping that day because Cincinnati was controlling that game. They was finna march down to score another touchdown. And they were probably going to look like the gap between them two was very big. Um, but I think the division is so much stronger this year, and I got so much confidence in just this division as a whole. I do think Cincinnati wins it, but they got a lot more obstacles to climb this year. So I think they're the second-best team in the AFC. Um, I'm not going to disrespect Cincinnati. I'm not going to disrespect Joe Burrow. The weapons he has, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. They got Irv Smith Jr. Like uh, Upgraded on the offensive line. They made a lot of, you know, Chidobia Wuze is going to come back off an of injury at corner position. I think they, they've done enough and they've proven enough to where you can't discount them. So I'm going to treat them the same way I've treated Kansas City. They're the second best team in the AFC until somebody show me different. I just think if there was a year that somebody could show me different, it'd be this year. But yeah. I, I would go into the season, I, I would expect them, like, I think you might see Kansas City and Cincinnati in the AFC Championship again this year. But it's, th this team is so good, but they have one of the tougher roads when you talk about in the division. Like, you're hoping they go four and two. Probably they should go four and two, but there's a world where they go three and three, sitting at 500, and they won't be satisfied enough because we're talking about the upper echelon of a conference, let alone the upper echelon of the NFL, period, AFC or NFC. So they are the second best team in the conference right now, but I think there's a world where they don't finish two. I think, honestly, seeding wise, I can see Cincinnati being the three seed. I could even see them being the four seed just because other divisions don't have uh, as tough of a schedule as Cincinnati's going to face this year. But at the end of the day, it's a quarterback driven league. Kansas City's number one because they've got the number one QB. And for me, Cincinnati's number two because they've got the number two QB. And I, I wasn't agree. sure going into last year. I really thought that Josh Allen was going to be number two in the league and he was going to show it. And I was all in on the bills last year. I know you weren't. And, uh, but Josh Allen, he doesn't take care of the football enough for me. And until he proves that he's not going to, what he tends to do is they get up big and they, they feel like they're Kansas city where, Oh, we can hang 21 points on any team at any given time, but they don't have that kind of firepower like Kansas city does. They can come back from being down 14, no problem. But I think that Kansas City just is that next step above. If we were doing a tier list, it'd be Kansas City's like A tier. And then B tier is like Cincy and then Buffalo, just slightly behind them. So I do think that Cincinnati addressing the O-line was big. They added Miles Murphy in the draft as well. So they added some uh, D-line help as well in the first round. So I think that they had a good off season. They did exactly what they needed to do. They're, they're trying to address the O-line because it has been so bad over the last couple of years. But yeah, for me, it's, it's Kansas city, then Cincy and then Buffalo. So I do like Cincy at plus plus one fifty to win the division. I always do a parlay of all the division winners. I think everyone's going to have Cincinnati. Um, and I think it's because the second team is Baltimore and at plus two thirty five to win the division, they're plus 900 to win the AFC. This is a very different looking Baltimore team than we saw last year. Mm -hmm. um, you added OBJ, you drafted Zay Flowers, you replaced some of your older defensive guys as well. Like they let Calais Campbell go and a lot of others. So 
is a very different looking Ravens team. Now they still have John Harbaugh, one of the best coaches in the league. Dobbins looks better, but it's so hard to tell based off of training camp videos. It's actually one of the things that drives me nuts about the NFL season. And I try to watch as little of those as possible. Cause you just start, excited. It's just, yeah, it's you, but you, start talking, you start talking yourself into this guy's going to have a breakout year because he made a nice cut in training camp. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> and so football's been gone for a few, so many months that any little bit of positive action makes you overreact. That's just, that's just the, it's the nature of it. Football. So what are we expecting from Baltimore's offense this year? We saw Lamar justifiably got his bag. It's good to see that he got paid from that organization. They still have Mark Andrews and then all these weapons that I just mentioned. What are you expecting from their offense? Okay, I'm going to say this, and this might be my hot take of the season. I think the Ravens are going to have a top five offense in the NFL. Maybe that's not crazy. Maybe that's not a hot take, but it could be. If so. I think they're going to have a top five offense in the NFL. I think you got Kansas City. I think you got Cincinnati. I think you probably have Philly. I think you got Dallas. And then I think the fifth spot, is between the Chargers and the Ravens. And I'm going to give the nod to the Ravens. Hmm. And this is based on Lamar Jackson being healthy for the full season. Now, obviously, if he goes yeah. down. This is all based uh, off of yeah, full health. Jeff yeah, and I talked about it last episode. It's always based on full health. Of yeah, guys. we're going into the season. Everybody's healthy. Everybody ready to go. So that's what I'm going off of. I think, you know, as long as Lamar plays 16, 17 games, maybe misses one little ankle turn or whatever, but. I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a borderline. You know, he's going to be in the argument for MVP. I think adding o- Odell Beckham, as long as he stays healthy, is a, an elite move. But Zay Flowers for me, and I know it's only training camp, but, like, this dude was coming into the draft where, like, there were arguments of why he could be the best receiver in this class. Yeah. And you're kind of seeing it in training camp. Like, this man's route running is elite. He knows how to get open. He knows how to catch the ball. It looks like him and Lamar Jackson have a good – you know, they got a good thing going, got a good connection going throughout training camp. It's only going to get stronger as the season goes on. We know Mark Andrews is, what, a top three tight end? He's, he's probably, what, the third best tight end in football, not named Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. I'd take Mark Andrews over pretty much anybody any day of the week and not look back. They changed their offense completely. I don't think they're going to be so run heavy. I think they're going to be creative. I think they're going to use Lamar Jackson in a plethora of ways, running the ball, RPOs. I think you're going to get that college type feel of an offense for Lamar Jackson, which I think he'll thrive in. And now he has plenty of weapons. So I don't think that's an excuse. We're talking about Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham. We're not even talking about the guy they drafted in the first round who might be their third best wide receiver a couple of years ago in, in Rashard Bateman, yeah. who if he's healthy, I think they'll be ready to go. I think that's a pretty good crew. You got JK Dobbins back there. Hopefully if he's healthy, he's ready to go. Um, they got one of the best coaches in the league. So, bro, I, I think they're going to have a top five offense. I think the Ravens are really going to be very competitive and winning this division. Obviously, from what you know, what you know, the betting odds say as well, like it's not that far of a gap between them and Cincinnati who can win the divisions. They're by far the two favorites to win the AFC North. And I think it's going to come down to those last two or three games in their last matchup against each other is very much going to matter as far as who wins this division between Cincinnati in in Baltimore, and I think Lamar Jackson is going to come back, and I know he's been injured the past two years, but 
I, I'm always for, I think he's going to remind everybody who he really is when he's fully healthy. He's ready to go when he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think he's going to remind everybody this year and he's set up to do so. Yeah, he, he definitely has the weapons there now. And I'm glad that you talked about how creative they can be with this offense. Cause they had a guys like Nelson Aguilar. They've still got Duvernay. Like, I think that there's going to be a lot of fun plays that we see coming out of Baltimore this year. <laughs> And you're going to be watching red zone and it's just going to pop up that Duvernay scored a 70 yard touchdown. And then Lamar ran for a 40 yarder. And it's, it's going to be a fun offense to watch from a fantasy perspective. I, I really only would draft probably flowers and then Jackson and Andrews. Um, I'm not as crazy about Odell um, just coming off the injury. He didn't play all of last year. Don't know what he's going to look like on my bench. If I can snag him later, it has to be a late pick and where he's going right now. I just can't justify it. When I look at some of the other names there and I'm like, Hmm, Christian Kirk coming off a really good year. And I know Ridley's there now, but I just, I know that Kirk has a connection with Lawrence. I don't know what OBJ is going to look like there. So I think Baltimore is going to be fun. They had a good defense last year. They got a ton of sacks. Um, They had a really good rush defense. Obviously, as I said, uh, they replace some of their older guys in that defense, but I think that it's still going to be a good one. And for me, Baltimore's a playoff team, bar none. I think that they're going to be one of those seven teams at the end of the year. Now, third team is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they actually have the worst odds to win the division at plus 440. They're behind Cleveland as far as betting odds go. They're plus 2,700 to win the AFC. It's not a bet that I recommend this year of thinking that Pittsburgh's going to go through the daunting AFC to, to win it all. Uh, but this is going to be a fun team. Obviously, we talked about it in the preamble. Pickett's rookie year showed some promise. Um, they addressed a bit of the O-line in the draft. They got Broderick Jones. They got Joey Porter in the second round as well. So that's going to be a great piece for them. TJ Watt was hurt a lot of last year as well. And they still found a way to be 500 and just above it. They added Allen Robinson as well. One of the players where I looked and I was like, really? Allen Robinson. Okay. That, that's a fun piece to add into your offense. So are we sleeping on the Steelers? Because having the worst odds to win the division was a bit surprising for me, especially considering Cleveland finished at the bottom last year. And I just talked about all the all the things that went wrong for Pittsburgh and they still found success. What do you think of the Steelers? I think people are sleeping on Pittsburgh. You know, we talked about it pre-show. I think this is a playoff team. Now, I say that, and we talked about it before the show, I say that where they could not make the playoffs because they lose in a three or 14 tie going 10 and seven. Um, They went nine and eight last year, rookie quarterback. You know, they benched their veteran starter, uh, rookie quarterback. They try and see what he got and basically just wanted to see if they maybe they need to address the quarterback situation this year. Um, they didn't. Obviously, I think they felt confident enough in Kenny Pickett. I think he'll make a slight jump. I don't think, I mean, in the division, I still think he's probably the fourth best quarterback in that division. He's not better than Deshaun Watson. Just off of what I've seen, everybody else has proven themselves. Kenny Pickett has to prove himself now. Two, three years from now, we could be thinking different. But, I mean, through everything you said, they address some of their biggest needs. T.J. Watt is going to be back fully healthy. Expect him to be fully healthy this year. I think uh, Pickens is going to make a big jump. I think, you know, he's going to jump into that. He's the future at wide receiver. He's one of those guys where, 
you know, he, he's one of the next up elite wide receivers. They added Allen Robinson, but at the end of the day, I can't doubt Mike Tomlin. He's never went under 500. They go nine and eight through everything they went through last year. And I just don't see a world where they didn't get one game better. Now, I know the AFC North is better. I know they're stronger. They're tougher. Six of your games right there. We talked about their stretch in December before the game. I mean, before before the uh, we started recording. I just I see this team being damn good, and they find a way to win ugly games, which is always a plus. When you can win ugly games in the trenches, weather's not a factor. We just figure out a way to win. I think Pittsburgh can do that. So, I mean, to go 10-7 and seven and sneak into the playoffs because maybe you win a tiebreaker because you the, the game that you didn't think you would win went your way and, and the opposite happened for the other team that you're in a tiebreaker with, I really would not be surprised if this team is in the playoffs. Now, I don't think they win the division. That I would be surprised about, and I think that's really major injury on one of the two teams that we talked about previously in the Ravens or Bengals. But I, I see this as a division that could put three teams in the playoffs. And, and I think Pittsburgh could be that third team. And I think this is how we talk about the NFC East last year. Like we wouldn't be surprised. We weren't, we wouldn't have been surprised if the NFC East was the division that had four playoff teams. They almost did. They had three and they almost had four. I think the AFC North is that this year where if all four teams made it and they took up, you know, the three teams that didn't win the division took up the spots. I wouldn't be surprised, but with as strong as the AFC is, this year, it wasn't as lopsided last year. Um, I think it is this year. I think, but I really think Pittsburgh can make it. I really think they could be a playoff team, bro. I think Kenny Pickett is good. I think he's going to be their quarterback, at least of the near future, at least the next two to four years before they even think about moving on. And they got weapons, but they have the coach. At the end of the day, I trust Mike Tomlin. If he could go nine and eight, missing your best defensive player, Najee Harris in and out and not really giving you production that you expected him to bounce off on from the year before where, you know, in fantasy wise, he was one of the better running backs to pick. I just think with them coming in fully healthy, I really like this roster and I know Pittsburgh's past as far as they just know how to win games. And I think they're always going to be that team. And so if one or two games go the right way, instead of going nine and eight, you're talking about 10 and seven, 11 and six. Yeah. When we talked about it prior to recording and you said playoff team, I thought it was a little crazy at first, but then we we talked about the schedule. So getting the AFC uh, South is huge. <laughs> getting to play Indy, Tennessee, Jacksonville, and Houston, there's the potential to go three and one there. If not four, no, maybe you steal one off Jacksonville and you have just a great year there. And then you get the crossover and you get the NFC West. So you're getting, yes, San Fran right out of the gate. I said, that's going to be a good barometer test of if they play them tight, then I really like Pittsburgh moving forward. They get blown out. I know it's opening week. We see it happen all the time, but I'll maybe temper my expectations a little bit there. But then you get the Rams who are pretty much full rebuild. We don't know what Seattle's going to look like with Geno Smith. And then you get the Cardinals, which everyone should beat up on the Cardinals, especially if you get them early in the year. So the the schedule is there. The schedule is there for them to potentially make the playoffs this year. I don't know if I would bet it personally. I would have to go and really do a bit of a deeper dive in, in order to make that bet. But I think that the potential is there with Pittsburgh. And a lot of it's just going to it's gonna come down to the quarterback play. How's Pickett going to look? He's got the weapons. I think Najee's going to look a bit better this year, especially now that he's got a little bit more help on the O-line. The fact that he even had any production last year at that O-line is pretty crazy because it was so sad yeah, to watch at times. They were bad. 
really bad. <laughs> so I don't know. Najee's one of those guys that I really like in, in fantasy this year. I think that he's going to have uh, a bit more help there. But the last team, and it's weirdly enough, I, I was looking at division odds and obviously Cleveland to win it's plus 380, uh, plus 1800 to win the AFC. But the second best odds that were there, if you look at uh, the forecast, the straight one, two forecast, who's going to finish one, who's going to finish two. The best odds are Cincy Baltimore, but then the second best odds is Cincy Cleveland, which I think is crazy. I think that it's crazy to think that Cleveland is going to finish ahead of Baltimore this year. Um, The Browns were the basement dwellers. I know that Deshaun missed a lot of the season. This is going to be a different look to this Cleveland team as well. I think especially on the defense, having Jim Schwartz as their new DC, that's going to be fun to watch. And they've got Miles Garrett, one of the best uh, defensive linemen in football. They traded for Elijah Moore from the Jets, so I think that they have another weapon there for Deshaun to throw to. Zadarius Smith from Minnesota coming over as well. So I am not high on Cleveland. I know other people are because they were kind of high on Cleveland last year of, man, if they go 500 until Deshaun gets back, they could make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But now we get a full season of Deshaun Watson where his last full season healthy, he was one of the best QBs in the NFL. So... What do you make of Cleveland? Are they the fourth team in this division for you? Are they the third? Like, where do you have them? I think them and I, I believe in Cleveland this year. And I don't know what that means because they've been just such a poverty franchise. Believing in them is like believing them to do what? Um, but it does depend on is Deshaun Watson a shell of himself and like he's good at best. Or does he jump back to that, like, bro, I mean, there was a point in time we were talking about, you know, if Deshaun Watson was anywhere other than Houston, like, he's a quarterback that could be competing for a Super Bowl. He was arguably a top five quarterback in the NFL. Um, Top five to seven, I think, for sure, the last time we seen him healthy. So if he gets back to that, I mean, you're looking at their weapons. They got Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones. They got Cedric Tillman, who's emerging out there in camp right now. Uh, They got Nick Chubb, who we know he's a dog. They got a good offensive line. They got a lot of good players on defense. So like, I think that we question their coaching a little bit. I'm not sure if Stefanski is the guy. Um, I think it'll probably, if Deshaun Watson plays elite this year and they fall short of whatever expectations are on the team from the city and from within, then I think you could be talking about looking for a different head coach. Uh, next year. I do think that's a possibility and they could go 10 and seven while also talking about, we're looking forward to the right coach to match for Deshaun Watson and making sure this offense goes. And especially, like I said, if he plays back to what he was like before he was healthy, but I'm telling you, I think this is a division where it's possible that all four teams make the playoffs. Now we know the odds are not in their favor for, you know, three teams to represent the wild card, especially with as deep as the AFC is because there's another conference over there in the AFC East, which you covered in part one that they got three teams, possibly four, just because we don't count out Mike Tomlin, can't count out Bill Belichick, of they got four teams who could possibly make the playoffs. So this is going to be a dogfight, and I think Cleveland's going to find themselves in the middle of the dogfight. And I just, I don't know if they're that team where, like, the way I trust Pittsburgh to win them ugly games, I don't know if Cleveland can win a lot of games ugly. I think they have to win a lot of games with Deshaun Watson looking good, um, I think the defense is good. I don't think they're good enough to just 
carry a, a lacking offensive performance against elite defense home. I don't yeah. think they're there. Uh, I think they've dropped off a little bit. They've they've lost some pieces. So, I mean, if Cleveland missed the playoffs and was the fourth worst team in this division, I wouldn't be surprised because I still think they probably are the fourth worst team at nine and eight, 10 and seven, lose the tiebreaker to a team like Pittsburgh to where it puts them as fourth in the division. I think this is a damn good division, but it, it really, and we always say this, it always rides on quarterback, but it's because we don't know, are we getting the elite Deshaun Watson that we got prior to injury and all the fiasco that he had behind him and getting out of Houston and all that other stuff. And if he does, then, I mean, you're talking about Cleveland could be one of the better teams in this conference, let yeah. alone division. But if you don't, and he's like pretty good and they can't win some of those ugly close games, such as like Minnesota did last year over there in the NFC. Now you're talking about this might be the fourth best team just because I don't think they have the head coaching and, and winning enough ugly games to be able to get the job done. And they could finish, find themselves right behind Pittsburgh. So I was thinking about this. The more I go through how many good teams there are in the AFC, is it not a shame that we are going to have some of the better teams in football not make the playoffs this year? When you really think top to bottom AFC wise, like we haven't even covered the West yet, but you've got Chargers and Chiefs. You've got who knows how Sean Payton and the Broncos are going to look. You've got the Jags. We've already talked about in just two episodes, we've talked about seven potential playoff teams, if not eight in the AFC. And I think when we start getting into the NFC discussion, it's going to be a little bit more depressing when you know that two of the three best teams are in the NFC East and then you've got San Francisco. And then after that, it is so many question marks of, it feels like there's going to be a lot of subpar teams in the NFC that play playoff football this year. What do you think of it? The state of the league right now, based off the the discrepancy in QB play. We even said before we went live, what did they got? Seven of the best eight quarterbacks are in the AFC right now. I look at it like this. This is the NBA from the mid two thousands. When yeah. it was, there was a point where it was very lopsided in the Western Conference and you had some good players and good teams not make the playoffs. And we know, you know, back in the day, what? It'd be a, the 11th seed in the West would have made the made the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. It probably would have been like a six, five or six seed. I think you're going to see a lot of that. But, you know, we're talking about teams. Think about the quarterbacks that might not make yeah. the playoffs. Like, you might, you have a world where, I mean, I don't know whatever what everybody else feels like about who wins divisions or whatever, but you got a world where a group of Josh Allen, Tua, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, like, bro, some of those guys, a couple of those guys are not going to be in the playoffs. And you're talking about possibly like three of the top 10 quarterbacks. Might and, and they're, and, but they're quarterbacks on good football teams too. This this isn't like a this isn't a Tony Romo playing with the Cowboys and missing the playoffs because the defense is horrendous. This is good football teams top to bottom, and we're gonna watch players like Daniel Jones, players like Justin Fields, Jared Goff, Geno Smith. Like these are the keepies that we're talking about. Has an opportunity to make the playoffs, like. Derek Carr is going to potentially get back into the playoffs. Desmond Ritter or Bryce Young has the potential to make the playoffs in the NFC. And that's, I mean, it's kind of disrespecting those guys, but not, that's not, not the intent. That's, that's just, it's strange to me. It's strange to me that we could have no Justin Herbert in the playoffs or Aaron Rodgers is going to miss the playoffs with that really good Jets defense or two is going to miss the playoffs with 
Tyreek and Waddle. This is the where we're at right now in football, and it's it feels even more lopsided, even than that that NBA analogy that you used. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it is. More. It is at, more. at the end of the day, when we're talking about eight, nine, ten in the AFC, I think that they would have the potential to win the NFC outright. Now, beating Philly isn't easy. Beating Dallas isn't easy, but it's probably a bit easier than having to go through. You know, first week you play Lamar, and then the next week you play Burrow, and then you have to beat Allen or Mahomes to get to the Super Bowl. Whereas the NFC, you probably have to beat Kirk Cousins, and then maybe Brock Purdy, and then you got to beat Dak or Jalen Hurts to get to the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, like you might be able to duck one of the good. You can three duck or four them a bit. You, you don't duck anybody in the AFC, and that's why the one seed is always so coveted right now in the AFC because it really does matter having to avoid that first game. The seven seed could be Aaron Rodgers. You want yeah, like Aaron Rodgers? The AFC without playing an elite to borderline elite quarterback. Like, and you're probably playing three elite, borderline elite offenses or quarterbacks. Have you on look at it? Because maybe you don't consider Tua borderline elite, which I don't. A good defense, a good yeah. and a good offense. Like, okay, Tua may not be borderline elite, but at the same time, he's pretty good. And before he got injured again last year, like he was pretty good. And we talk about the Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, like the explosive offense. Like you're going to have to play that just to turn around. If you win that game, you might have to go on the road and go play Kansas City. And if you win that game, you might have to go on the road and play Buffalo or Cincinnati or, and we're talking about Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Like there's a world where if you're the sixth seed, let's say you get to the Super Bowl, you might have played like Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and not Aaron Rodgers, but like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert. Those might have been the three quarterbacks that you went through and three offenses that you went through to reach the Super Bowl. Bro, that's pretty crazy. Like, and that's the road where you're talking about in the NFC, you might, you know, you might play Hurts and be able to duck Dak because somebody else, and then you might turn around. Took him out in the semis, and you knocked off Purdy and Daniel Jones. Yeah, like that's very possible that you're only playing one top 10 quarterback you know, you might maybe two if the, if the things shake the wrong way and you got the matchup against, let's say, the Cowboys in the first round and you were able to beat them and then you might, okay, we win the second round against, I don't know, we'll, we'll just say Jared Goff in the Lions and then, okay, now we got to get through Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. But so you you got the unfair shake of I got to go through two of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. But like in the AFC, you're not ducking top 10 quarterbacks at all. You're guaranteed to play two, probably three of the top 10 quarterbacks just to reach the Super Bowl. And then you might reach the Super Bowl and have to play a Jalen Hurts and that elite Eagles offense and defense, just that elite Eagles team. Or you might have to play a Dak Prescott. And we know, I think he's the top 10 quarterback. We know that Cowboys roster is loaded. Like you probably go through all that and you don't get lucky enough to be like, oh, I get to play Justin Fields and the Bears in the Super Bowl. Like, no, it just, it, it, it continues to get harder. and Maybe it evens out. But if you feel like, okay, if I got through Mahomes and, you know, if, if Baltimore makes it, it's like I got through Mahomes and Burrow and Josh Allen, I'm good with playing Jalen Hurts or Dak. But it's like that, that ain't much easier to try yeah. and win the Super Bowl. You're going to have to take the toughest road. And that's the thing about these AFC North teams. They're going to take the toughest road outside of probably Cincinnati. Yeah. And they still don't get to duck no smoke unless they get the one seed and get a bye week. Which outside of Cincy, I don't think that we consider any teams one seed potential yeah. in this and conference. i don't even know if since he gets it but i think if 
if, if someone was a team, it would be, it'd be Cincinnati. I don't really consider Baltimore or Pittsburgh or Cleveland one seed material in AFC. All right. So let's get predictions out there. I'm going to rapid fire you over under win totals for teams, and then we'll rank them of, of where they're going to finish. So let's start with Cincinnati over under 11 and a half wins over. They go 12 and five for you. Or... 12 and five or 13 and four. Okay. Baltimore over under 10 and a half. Over. They go, they go 11, 11 and six. 11 which, and six. Which actually betting odds wise under 10 and a half right now is minus 127. So they like Baltimore to go under, which it's a little strange to me considering they I went they go 11 and six. Yeah. I think I like the over there as well. Cleveland over under nine and a half. I'm going to go under. They go nine and eight. They okay. they go nine and eight this year. I'm going to take the under. So they go nine and eight. Pittsburgh over under eight and a half. Over. Over. And over. So the odds are there for them to go over. So who is the fourth best team in the AFC North at the end of this season? Well, based on going with my over under predictions, I got to say Cleveland. Okay. I have Cleveland there as well. I think that Cleveland goes eight and nine this year. I think that they get an extra win, but still think that I don't think Stefanski's the guy. I know that I didn't mention him there, but I'm just, I'm not high on him. I do think that the defense is going to be pretty good. I do like Schwartz as a DC, but yeah, I'm just not crazy about them. Pittsburgh, I think is our three. Yeah. 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 Pittsburgh, I have going nine and eight and missing the playoffs. I think that this is a two playoff team division as much fun as it is. I might even look at after week one, what Pittsburgh got odds are to make the playoffs and sprinkle it. But I think that they're a nine and eight team. I think that they just miss out on the playoffs. We both have Baltimore then going second in the division. I think that they're probably going to be the sixth seed because I think one of the Chargers or Miami or the Jets are going to be the five seed there, most likely the the Chargers. And then we both got Cincy. Where do you think that they are seeding wise? Like Cincy one, Baltimore two, Pittsburgh. Well, well, well I'm meaning uh, conference. So like, okay. uh, I'm gonna go. Cincy's the two seed. Baltimore. I'm gonna put full faith in Lamar being healthy this year. Five. Okay. I'm putting them at five, and I'm gonna put Pittsburgh at seven. I'm in the playoffs, man. They, and they, you, get, I, and you get Pittsburgh and Cincy squaring off then? Two seven? Yeah. yeah. And for a third time, that'd be tough. That would be a very fun playoff matchup. You remember a couple of years ago when we got Steelers-Browns and the Browns upset yeah. them? Yep, because Baker, yeah, that was like, because what was that? Uh, Was that Ben Roethlisberger's? Ben Roethlisberger's, yeah. That, they got yeah. blown out. Yeah, so I think yeah, I could take – yeah, they completely folded. Yeah, I think they get the seven seed, and I know it's going to sound – I know everybody going, it's so crazy. You think Pittsburgh – but, like, I think they're going to be in a three- or four-way tie, and so I'm just going to say that the tie breaker goes their way enough to get the seven seed. Okay. So I think that Cincy are going to be the two as well. I actually think that Jacksonville is going to be the three. I think Buffalo is going to be the four because I just think that they have probably the toughest division schedule and their overall schedule is just really ugly this year. Having the crossover with Dallas and Philly is tough. So I think they will be 11 and six, but 
Um, I'm going to have Baltimore be the, the six and then I don't have Pittsburgh in, but I think that they're going to be eight or nine. They're going to just miss out, but they're going to know after this year, whether Kenny Pickett's the guy that they want to roll with moving forward or whether or not they want to look another way moving forward. So I'm intrigued by this division. I think it's going to be a fun one to watch throughout the year. And Mo, I appreciate you coming on and chatting about this division. I know that you are not a, a AFC North fan, much like Jeff Hunt was an AFC East fan with the Dolphins, but appreciate you hopping on regardless. Tell the folks where they can find your work. Yeah, you can find me at Mo underscore cheese 15 uh, on Twitter at Up the Flames Pod on Instagram. Basically took the summer off moving and adjustments and all that, but we're back. I've made more guest appearances than I have recorded my own show, which I actually have enjoyed doing more <laughs> just because I don't, I just get to get on here and talk, but yeah, I appreciate you for having me. Um, Field Stormers is back bad quality episode that we put out. So we didn't put out the audio. Um, that was my fault on my end. Um, but Phil Stormers is back up in flames is back probably tomorrow. I think I'm going to record after probably the fantasy draft. Um, I'm going to have a, some more time on my hands to be able to jump on shows and record my own show. So I'm definitely looking forward to that football season is right around the corner. And if you want to be on Madden, hey, it's cross, it's cross platform now. So come see me. Definitely go check out Mo's show when he puts it out every four or five weeks. I really love listening into it on uh, all podcasting platforms up in flames. Check out Off the Ball Network, all the great work over there. And we'll see you guys next time for the Competitive Edge podcast. That was too funny not to do.